Have you ever wondered what it takes to be successful in the world we live in? Not to be considered successful, but to actually be successful. I have, and I want to know what it is that separates these people from the rest of us. Welcome to From the Top, where I, Rahul Sharma, a student of leadership at TISS Mumbai, will attempt to interview some of the most interesting and successful leaders amongst us mere mortals. These conversations will cover their journeys, their ambitions and their learnings along the way. Happy listening and happy learning. All right, so welcome guys. Uh, the guest for today is Kun Sangvi. Kun is the founder and CEO of Inside IIM Alt Uni and Campus App, together which help over 3 million students prepare for the future of work. He's also a published author with his books like Side Upper, Yobo, which is You Only Be School Once, um, M&A's Be Like, Mergers and Acquisitions Be Like, and uh, Pehla Kadam, which have been read over one lakh times cumulatively. Uh, he has also worked with CNBC and HD Media in marketing and brand roles, courtesy of his education at MICA, uh, which is how I know him, incidentally. He's a cricket buff, ping pong fan, and content junkie. Uh, let's welcome Kunj and see what gyan he has to give us today. Hi, Kunj. Hey, Rahul. Hi. Hi. Happy to you? be here. Yeah, happy to have I'm, you. Here. Yes, I'm good, Rahul. I'm good. Looking forward to our conversation today. Awesome, awesome. Kunj is kind of an inspiration for me because he's done two things which I've always wanted to do. like you know write a book and uh, run a successful company in the education space <laughs> so i'm hoping to follow on your tra- in your tracks yeah soon so you- rahul i hope uh, i can help out uh, and i can also tell you what are the chinks uh, and what are the pitfalls in that journey and what actually looks like to the people and what is the reality so i hope to explore those in our conversation today absolutely that that's what i we'll get straight into it so you know the yes. three the three questions right uh, where do you come from right. uh where are you going and uh, what have you learned so we'll get right. straight into it so let's start with where do you come from right what is your hmm. background like you know where were you born etc what right. is that story like so uh my background is a story of privileges i was born in a, a gujarati family in bombay a very uh, closed upbringing was exposed to people like me around me uh, with similar backgrounds uh, went to uh, school and was a very emotional kind of a guy who would be very expressive in school and par- would participate in all kinds of elocution and essay writing and fancy dress and all kinds of competitions i was horrible at singing and yet i was a part of the uh, you know the singing team in school and i would be the loudest and hence the entire team would sound bad because of me <laughs> uh, love dosa <laughs> still uh-huh. do uh, because i grew up in the matunga area of bombay and that is uh, that has in my opinion the best dosas in the world uh, so that kind of an upbringing i went to college also in bombay in narsimhanji college which is uh if you would ask a non gujju is a uh, is a very gujju college if you ask a gujju person he'll say it's the best college in the city uh right. so uh, great dosas there also yeah like great dosas there as well yes yeah, yes yeah. So 
so my, actually my dad is from podar college is another great commerce college in bombay my mom is from nm college and i went to nm and i actually they had a college festival there called umang uh, right, which right. was very popular in my time and that still was attracted me apart from the fact that there were air conditioned classrooms back then only in that college no other college in the city had air conditioned classrooms so that was also attractive but uh, yeah was active on extra currics and big on uh performing participating those kinds of things so my right. choices about my education my institution my friends everything was driven by uh right. what opens up new opportunities of that kind right right so like a childhood of privilege so to speak yes absolutely right yes okay and uh, yeah and then even more privileged after that when you went to maika i guess maika is also yes like- actually maika happened in a in an interesting way because uh, yeah. when i was in college i read this book called the fourth estate and i was very seduced by that world of uh, newspapers media. and media yeah. houses and uh, yeah. big uh, yeah. corporate tycoons buying and selling media uh, companies as if they are uh, you know mm. some uh, i don't know they are <laughs> they are a pack of peanuts or something so that was very exciting what was exciting is being able to influence The, right. that was the most okay. exciting part that okay i can sway elections i can make people think a certain way and that seemed like a very powerful uh, position to be in and a powerful direction to build a career in and no. Uh, no. while after my uh, bcom i was actually debating i had finished two levels of c and i was debating whether i should continue pursuing chartered accountancy right. but finance was never my cup of tea and i joined a media startup where i met a bunch of people who were mica alumni and they played a video there uh, they were they had been invited by the mica alumni com- uh, committee to come to their campus and that's created a video and that video actually showed me the campus and the kind of people and the kind of things that happened there and <laughs> i fell in love uh, i right. applied to uh, mica and that's the only call i got that year uh, uh-huh. and yeah when i went on and the campus uh, yeah yeah when i went on campus what happened was that uh, i met the greatest salesman <laughs> i have known which is professor atul tandon who was the director at mica over there is ex unilever uh, he's no more now but uh, the way he sold mica to us on that particular interview day i uh, left mica already having decided that i'm going to be coming back and spending two years here and don't regret it for a moment since so yeah Yeah, we we've all had that experience, right? Like Maika, <laughs> Maika is we've all, I mean, the two of us at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So right. I mean, Maika is all about that love, right? Like all the intangibles are in place over there. Nothing too yes. tangible. But yeah, because yeah. I, I, uh, my last business was actually about making these decisions tangible, right? So at Inside, I'm right. trying to. help students make tangible decisions about which company they should go to which b school they should go to and all that and right time and again it has been difficult for me to justify to people uh you know why they should go to myca over say a lot of other places which also now do a very good job of teaching marketing but it's right. an exp- it's an experience it's not something that can be put down on an excel sheet and uh, you know you can't put parameters against it so yeah sure. that's how myca sure. was sure 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 so actually let let's uh, rewind a little bit and go yeah. back to from the you know take it from the top so to speak 
so you were born in Matunga and grew up there, right? So born in Sion. So that which is very close to Matunga, next to Matunga, uh, the sure. place called Sion. Close, close by yeah. only. So how was your uh, upbringing like in that Gujarati household? Was it like a typical business-oriented family, or more like you know educated, service-oriented folk? How, how uh, no, very, happen? very business oriented. Uh, I was born in a joint family uh, in Sindhi colony, which is like a, uh, uh, it's a row series of row houses. And I, I grew, I, I was born there, but over after five years and for, for the first five years of my life, I saw a lot of uh, domestic strife among, uh, you know, my parents and their parents and their siblings and all that. And then we moved out and we moved to this uh, Catholic society close by which okay. had its own basketball court and it had a lot right. of open spaces and that sort of uh, liberated me and my brother to get out of the house and uh, be out most of the day playing football, cricket, table tennis, carom, all kinds of things, just, you know, roaming around in a uh, gated community. So that really helped, uh, uh, helped me evolve. My parents, uh, both of them are not like highly educated. They did their uh, graduation and my dad's been working for uh, forever after that. My mom's uh, a homemaker. Right. My mom, mom was very focused on developing other aspects of our personality. So pretty much all around the year, we would be participating in competitions. We would be doing all kinds of uh, extra classes. So we would be doing an arts class one year and a singing class the other and maybe a harmonium class another year. So she exposed us to a lot of uh, different kinds of, uh, you know, uh, arts and sciences. And then she, we picked up whatever we uh, really found interest in and then did it for longer. Uh, there wasn't a, uh, I was okay in school as far as education was concerned. I wouldn't be, I would be in the top 5% of the class, but there was no... Uh, pressure from home to be you know rank one or anything my dad only insisted that i do focus on maths i was i was not very excited about math and science i was more excited about languages and social sciences uh, and i think because of his push i kept focusing on it and i have a fairly decent quantitative aptitude now even though i don't uh, even now i would prefer words over numbers so yeah sure 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 i mean that's what led you to become a published author i guess so yeah, so uh, that's uh, very interesting. But like growing up, did you have any particular ambition about you know what your future was going to look like, or was it like you know go with the flow, learn as much as actually you can four things, uh, four things at different stages of my uh, schooling. There were four things that I thought I wanted to become. One was obviously become an actor. I was completely <laughs> uh, uh-huh. you know captivated by Shah Rukh Khan, and I was like, this is the life I want, and this is how. I will get to, although he didn't play a lot of variety of characters, that's what excited me that I can be a different person every day if I'm an actor. So that attraction was there. Uh, The other was journalism because I really enjoyed the uh, act of writing and questioning and doing research and those kinds of things. And teachers in school also helped me, uh, pushed me in that direction to maybe explore that as my future career. Uh, then there was then there were flights of fantasy like you see the Ambani's on TV and you come from a Gujarati household they talk about businesses all the time and you're like okay uh-huh. I had my younger uh, I had my younger brother and we would see dreams of becoming the Ambani brothers one day right. that kind of stuff right, uh, right, right. 
and then there would be uh, stuff around uh, you know getting into advertising because that's another thing that you would watch a lot on tv and it would be so attractive and so full of color and uh, to be able to create that and to write those fun lines and jingles and all that also 90s was a great time for advertising like you would see right. great advertising on tv absolutely uh, the golden era so, yeah. yes absolutely so so those were some of the things that i was exploring but by the time i entered college i didn't take arts in my college and that's something that i regret but i didn't take it because i was playing safe i was like i don't know if i have the balls to become an artist and then commit to it uh, because uh, money seemed attractive and very sexy to me right so i figured right. that commerce is a good uh, mid uh, midway compromise where i'm not committing to a life full of numbers as would have happened in science and mathematics and commerce has some space for me to then make a delay my career decision essentially what is it that i want to do right then when we, you get into an uh, an nm kind of a space then everybody is doing a ca or a chartered accountancy or a company secretaryship or something like that so i got into chartered accountancy but uh, yeah as i said that's not where i wanted to be right so when did you actually realize you know that where do you want to be so to speak like was it before mica or uh, after it so to speak no so i think it's been a fairly clear journey from school where journalism was attractive when in college i figured out the uh, i read the fourth estate and figured out the media business uh, and also in college where i was then uh, you know a part of the core committee at umang the college festival where i was very actively participating over 3 years and uh, i worked with media companies i would uh, pitch to a mumbai mirror or a times of india i would it was very very sexy to go to the times of india office which was right opposite uh, cst back then right uh, and you would see all the journalists and the whole hive of activity over there and you would want to be a part of that and you would dream a career where you are a journalist you know exposing the truths of the world in the toi office and then uh, getting a beer in a uh, in yeah. a nice speakeasy close by in south bombay those right. were the dreams so right. uh, that only built it up further then i worked in a media startup so i was clear that okay th- this is a direction that attracts me uh and mica happened and then i got into hindustan times for my uh, summer internship and i converted the ppo right and what right. i had dreamed that i would do in bombay where i will work in t- in the toi office and go to a bar in south bombay it happened in uh, delhi <laughs> with hindustan times where i would be working in cp and then uh, catch up with friends at a bar so bar, at that time bar. it felt like i was living the dream i really enjoyed my time in delhi as well sure 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 so yeah so that lasted i mean your hindustan time stint in delhi uh, that lasted around 2 to 1 and a half years right after that you kind of took off to write your book and you know travel yes. 30, 30 states across the country so what 23 states the, yes 23 states rather yes. so yeah so what prompted that like you know what made you take that call because you know you want to make a career and you have these dreams of ruling the fourth estate so to speak yes and then, yes and then you are you know sort of taking off to write a book how did that come about right uh so you know it's i think your relationship with a company is very similar to your relationship with an individual as well where there is initial infatuation and then there is 
falling in right, love and right. then there is uh, then the uh, you know the cracks start showing and then if you are able to embrace those cracks you will stick around otherwise you will move on and that's right. essentially what happened uh, at the beginning and this is this is uh, this is something that i always believe that you know a management trainee program is in the interest of a company more than in the interest of the individual because for a year the company indoctrinates you on how uh, you know an organization is run what is your role what obedience means all those sorts of things right. uh, and and then they put it uh, put you out in the world to uh, you know start making profits for them and uh, so one year at ht was very rosy i was doing great projects i had great exposure to very uh, you know high uh, very senior level uh, officials over there cxos etc and that was great because i would get to be this blue eyed boy who who would say uh, you know interesting insightful things they would all be enamored by it all was great but once right. i got into the sales part of it where i was then handling a bunch of clients and reaching out to them constantly to sell space right. uh, sell advertisement in the newspapers and then getting calls at 7 am in the morning by the boss saying that why hasn't this ad come in our newspaper when it has come in times of india and Right. at one point i just realized that i don't really care if right. the ad hasn't come in our newspaper uh and that uh, charm or the attraction of working for a large media organization sort of uh, you know died down and right. i then questioned again that why is it that i wanted to work in a media organization in the first place which is that right. i thought that i could uh, i could influence i could write stories and i could uh, communicate my world view and maybe that will help some people make better decisions about their lives get better direction about themselves and maybe give them some perspective about what this world is what our country is those kinds of things and i was like hell why why am i doing trying to do it within a corporate structure why don't i step out of it and see what can be done right at that point of time i had a friend i was speaking to him about these things late into the night once and he was like teri gaan mein dam hai kya i apologize for the टफ I figured that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to travel to every state in India. I'm going to travel through sleeper class trains and through state transport buses. I'm going to live in CD guest houses. Right. Because right. I I I'm not going to be making money, so I better not be spending too much. So I had a very clear constraint that I'm not going to spend more than thousand bucks a day on everything, including everything, seeing places, eating, staying, traveling to that place, everything. कुछ भी हाँ. So. 
so that uh, th- that happened and that that required a lot of courage for me to uh, pick up and do i also lied at home i didn't have the courage at that time to tell my parents this is what i'm doing i told them i got a project from cnn they are planning to enter india and <laughs> they want me to do a youth survey of these 23 states where i'm supposed to go and conduct these researches they'll wow. pay me if they like the they'll pay me if they like <laughs> my output that's so crazy i don't know but yeah <laughs> <laughs> my dad looked at me saying aise to real duniya mein hota nahi hai but he was like he went along anyway <laughs> right right duniya badal gayi hogi taiko yes so uh, yeah. that, that journey was uh, very empowering in the sense that for the first time i was alone i am a very social talkative uh, extroverted right. kind of guy and it meant that i had to uh, start a conversation every time i have want to have a conversation with anybody because you're alone most of the times in, in those 6 months okay. it also meant that i i took uh, some weird risks so for example i was in dantewada which is known as a i know i know like area. a naxalite area apparently yes yeah. there's a lot of conflict it's a conflict region in that sense and that's I, why I the, uh, arundhati roy also wrote her piece about that yes. place only you know right 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 yes. Yes, that's very right. celebrated. So Arundhati Roy is a big. Uh, I, I should mention this now that you're mayor. Yeah. So yeah. God of Small Things is something I read uh, several times, but one of the times when it impacted me the most was when I was at uh, Hindustan Times, and I I read that book maybe the third or the fourth time at that time, and I was wow. like, "Hey, yeah, this is so beautiful, and I want to be able to write like this, and I want to be able to see my home like this." Because she was writing about Kerala. in that book but you know look at different yeah. states and be give some unique perspective give it some unique compliment that no one has ever given it and that was very attractive to me so arundhati was a big influence right. in me also wanting to always also be a writer whatever else i may do in my life so yeah i mean that was a different india only yaar when you i mean <laughs> if we speak <laughs> about like it was okay to have intellectual inspirations at that time i guess abhi to matlab yes. it's a different scene but yeah so uh, let's move and it was not a, yeah. actually it was not even a, a political influence i was still finding my political uh, leanings at that time even the maika helped me a lot that's the right. other thing that because you've touched on ideology i want to say this that right. uh, without taking any sides i do want to say that i come from a gujarati conservative upper class home right so you know what the conversations happen over there when yeah, you're growing yeah. up for the first 20 years of your life you've been uh, taught to do all kinds of uh, you know taught to have all kinds of biases and then you enter maika and i met right. professors like professor matthew and they opened right. my eyes right. to a lot of stuff around the world that are that 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 are not covered in mainstream media for example or that are not talked about enough and i went deep into those subjects and films and stories right. and that really helped open up my world view as well and that also informed my writing after that absolutely as any upcoming writer actually like once you are exposed to the kind of writing that we got and the kind of viewpoints that matthew and you know arundhati roy and all these people kind of come from i think it's you know it's it's a it, you are definitely going to be influenced by that and kind of get drawn towards that viewpoint right in fact i met professor matthew just uh, a couple of days ago because uh, he was around and 
you know one of the things he, he said was that you know the concern and now he teaches at iams uh, he's at iam koi code right now he teaches he, and he was telling me the concern is that today's kids only know three things one is technology second is quantitative aptitude and third is obedience these are the right. three things that they know they don't have the critical Reasoning. ability to figure out what is good or bad they fa- they can figure out how they can do something efficiently for you that's what the right. mbas today can do you give right. them a problem and you, they'll say okay i'll solve it for you and i'll solve it in the most cost effective efficient way right. uh, but they don't know uh, they don't have the faculty to ask the question is this problem worth solving or not is this right. problem going to uh, you know worsen the situation or make it better that question nobody is able to ask and uh, th- that is an unfortunate thing right that attitude of sort of questioning everything that is you know being uh, fed to you by the mainstream media so to speak that yes. attitude needs to be cultivated i guess yes uh, yeah but anyways let's not uh, talk too much about jagbiti let's concentrate on your story right now sure so yeah so i mean so that critical self reflection happened basically because of your disillusionment with your hd job or was yes. it you know like a some, like a stage of life thing that you think was it's a happening? positive and a negative uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know instinct impulse one right. is the negative impulse of not wanting to do a particular thing right but also the positive right. inf- impulse of wanting to do a particular thing uh instead of that so uh i, I think it's bo- both and what that did was at a very practical level it also made me stand out from my batchmates uh at that time right because uh batchmates and you know my peers anywhere i go because every conversation after those 6 months has been about that book at some point or the other so whether it is an interview for a job or a uh, profile that someone is doing or anything that if a professor has met me and he wants to catch up they will right. always bring up the book because that then makes me different from a lot of okay. students that pass out right so was that a conscious thing though like did you consciously set out to differentiate yourself and your profile from the rest of uh, your peers or did that just happen no in hindsight i can say that it's something that did happen after that i have realized that it happened and i have consciously made an effort to differentiate myself but right. that first effort was innocent of any of these uh, plans or you know machinations it was just something that you really you wanted, wanted to do when you did it yeah ah, yeah nikal liye theek hai ha so theek hai so then once you then how was the like the entire process how did how was that like you know you actually went to all these places did you figure out did you get enough material to write how did you go about writing it how how did you do that uh i i think a lot of it happens when you put yourself in uh, you know the right places and then you observe that, that is very important and that is what i realized that you know there are stories hidden in the ceiling fan of a railway uh, train as uh, of a train as well right you just have to keep observing and what i bought myself was a lot of time to be able to do that by doing this so i put myself in different contexts i could be at a railway station i could be at the ghats uh, in varanasi i could be at a, a school in dantewada i could be at 
you know a competition a running competition in amritsar and then the stories would come through you will see characters you will see things developing you will see the space around you and what kind of things can happen in a space like this uh, and you come up with ideas okay i used to write very regularly when i would be in all these cities so apart from writing a story i would actually write a blog post from each of these cities which would be like a tra- travel log and i was at that time writing it on inside i am only uh, okay and that gave me a lot of material it's not that i finished the story from end to end while i was in that particular city because it was also about being able to uh, find time to experience the city while i was there but uh, once i finished those 6 months i came back and then i put the finishing touches i took enough notes pictures uh, data in terms of how i want so i would know what the overall structure of each of the short story is going to be but the actual writing and you know the final draft was made only after i came back okay okay so but did you have a publisher before or baad mein aakar you said like i'll look for a publisher nahi yaar publisher is a completely uh, another uh, game it's right. not it's not something that a debut hmm. author gets before he's written the book it's usually right. not something a debut author gets even 6 months after finishing his book right uh, it, it takes time and there oh, are yeah. so many uh, formats and uh, deals today that are possible that you have to be very careful about it right what right, i will right. say though is that these are some of the last few years where having be, being a published author is something of value right? right because at the end of the day being published is not going to pay my bills is not going to feed my family for sure it's right. it's more a prestige thing it's more a label so every time you tell someone i am a published author they have a certain uh, bias about it a certain context about it and hence they will treat you a certain way but right. in in and of itself being a published author is not a very remunerative thing necessarily except for maybe five people in this country for most others right. it's not okay it's more like a signaling mechanism so to speak it's That's a signaling right. mechanism and yeah. uh, as i talk about the rest of my career i'll talk about how it is a signaling mechanism and that's all it is and today right. there are so many opportunities available that are far more uh, uh are far bigger spaces for you to express yourself and be noticed and make money and live a good sure. life by sure. being within the content creation space and right. published author is maybe one of those archaic things that maybe 20 years later people will remember as some nostalgic yeah. thing that used to happen sure 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 theek hai to let's uh, get into the inside i am story now so sure. so before that actually one of the right. important uh, things i did and you know there are i, I have mixed feelings about it uh, right. is that i went back into corporate life i joined oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i completely uh, forgot about that so tell right. me about that yeah yeah so the cnbc application was literally about this right like i had right. gone to madhya pradesh and i had seen uh, people in local in uh, rural madhya pradesh i had seen people uh participate in these weird pyramid schemes where you know jaise ye sab hota hai tupperware aur wo sab ka hota tha waisa hi but sahara like sahara type of thing sahara type of things but they are happening yeah. at local level right okay. and i realized that there is a clear lack of financial education so among the many things i noticed and noticed that there is a serious lack of financial education so when i uh figured i had a batchmate at cnbc who said that look there is a great opportunity here why don't you apply and 
they had two roles there one was for their ceo uh, cfo focused channel which is cnbc tv 18 uh, right. the other role was for cnbc awaaz which is more focused to uh, small businessmen housewives uh, heartland india which is a hindi channel right. right and i i preferred the uh, the second role because i that, that's what attracted me it meant that if i'm creating content if i'm building something here uh, it will help a particular target audience that really needs help and it's not about just stock market analysis because uh, cfo channels tend to be more about stock markets and international markets and it's about making financial decisions sound financial decisions it's pretty much a consultant rather than it being an information source uh, whereas here i would have been able to i thought right. at that time that i'll be able to uh, make genuine change and after joining there i joined on the business side because obviously we keep we micans keep thinking that you know hmm. essentially who is a mican a mican is someone who's making a compromise between uh, his creative instincts and his uh, business uh, his financial Acumen. expectations right yeah right. no no his financial expectations, expectations from his book right? right right so that is why he will take a job at a media company or a marketing organization he'll go to a unilever but he's not going to be creating those ads he'll be a marketing manager who'll be also figuring uh, out uh, supply and figuring out point of sale which honestly mm-hmm. sometimes don't require creativity they just require data and uh, business smarts right. and logic right right right, right. So i think that's like, what happened at, right yeah go on no i i think that bikers are in are guilty sort of thing to have like a creative uh, aspect to them They're like always trying to make up for their creative side you know i will give you business also i'm not only yeah, creative yeah. sort of thing yeah so yeah, yeah. Th- that's exactly what you said also yeah so yeah so what happened was that i i joined and i realized very quickly that essentially i'm also a part of that same money making machinery uh-huh. if i'm working as a marketing manager at cnbc and that lasted for a couple of years and then i went to the editor in chief of cnbc i was i said bro i don't want to do uh, i don't want to help the business i want to create content i want to be able to be on the editorial side of the business and he's like will you uh, do you have the time and the commitment to train for it i am not going to just put you in the field so right. i i left the job at uh, the full time job at cnbc and i joined them as a uh, contractor where i learned the ropes uh, from the editors and the uh, the journalists over there and then okay. i produced the show for them now what was the show the show was exactly about this finan- at that time financial inclusion gender news now all that was right very right. very new and very exciting not new but it was a lot in the uh, media discourse so right. we created a program called pehla kadam which was basically we would go to say a varanasi and do a, a, a live program for the boatmen of varanasi on how they can invest their savings and uh, you know become more financially independent we would go to the army institute in faridabad where we would have senior army personnel coming to uh, learn from us on how they can become more financially independent we would go to a school in amritsar and do a similar program we would go to uh, a variety of these we would go to marble artisans in uh, udaipur and do a similar program so i i started i became the producer of that show so okay. when i became the producer i learned the ropes of actually setting up a live shoot how the shoot needs to be coordinated how to ensure turnout for the shoot what kind of guests you want what kind of topics you want to discuss how right. do you form a uh, you know a, a programming plan a content strategy for a show that is going to go on for 52 weeks like a content we pipeline 
yeah. A content pipeline. We also yeah. uh, had a sponsor, so we had National Stock Exchange who was sponsoring the uh, show uh, for us, and they also want. And then the most exciting thing happened that they also wanted us to write a textbook. Okay. Okay. Now they wanted us to write a textbook for financial concepts for adults, so that adults can understand it better. And that textbook had to be written in multiple languages. So, uh, right. first we write it in English, but we also write it in Hindi and Gujarati and Marathi and wow. five other languages. Right? Right, right. So, I was like, bro, I want to write this textbook, and I'll tell you, it is an adult textbook, so it's not. It's, one finance is a boring subject. Nobody right. is going to, out of his own volition, pick up a finance textbook and read it. Right. Second right. is that they are adults. They have a. They have paucity of time. So. and all their content consumption is actually spent on being entertained and not necessarily learning something so i said right. why don't we combine the two and i came up with a bollywood themed financial textbook so for example if i'm explaining assets i would actually uh, take the person uh, reference uh, the scene from the uh, diwar where amitabh singh aaj mere paas bangra hai bank balance hai gaadi hai <laughs> wow that sounds right? like fun yeah 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 yes I, 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 I and then and then you explain to them that why why he is talking about these things these are his assets they are store of value they show they are representation of his wealth so then you explain those concepts to the uh, to the reader and it becomes a little more relatable a little more little bit more engaging for them for them right. to imagine amitabh owning assets of these kinds and talking about that actually then shifts the focus from them having to learn this tedious thing and get out of these circumstances of their lives to getting entertained kya re amitabh ke paas aisa sab hota to kya kaise uska balance sheet kaisa dikhta hoga now that is something that you want them to think about right 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 without right. Uh, feeling shitty about wh- where they are so that that book uh, was uh, launched by uh, jayan sinha who was the then minister of state for finance uh, for finance in india and that was something very exciting Wow, wow! You you can actually do a podcast about this, yeah. This is a very interesting topic about sort of like a finance for dummies sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, also that one thing right. I realized there uh, when I I was writing that book, I realized one thing that I've always shunned my commerce uh, slash chartered accountancy education, but it put me in a unique position uh, where I could be one of those few writers, content creators, creative guys who understands finance. who understands yeah. money who understands the flow and who understands the numbers and who understands those things and i was like that's something that i want to focus on in my future because that will help me build a certain differentiation even though this is not something i only want to do but right. uh, definitely a differentiation that will help me right absolutely in the long run i mean it's the people who can balance the sheets right they are the people right. who are going to be making decision so <laughs> yes yeah i think everybody needs to learn that uh so yeah so then cnbc awards happened and how long did this last yes. then another 2 3 years uh, another 3 years yes okay okay so then what made you sort of say okay now this is it now i need to strike out on my own and do my own thing sort of thing yes so i i think the realization that i had worked for two large media companies and i had also published the book where the publisher took away most of my money uh right. it made me realize that uh the power does not lie with the one who's telling the story it lies with the one who owns the platform where the story is being told so it lies right. with a cnbc or a hindustan times or a penguin that is a publisher whoever it is that where the platform is where the power li- lies and right. hence i figured that uh 
if you really want to do creative work and you want to get paid well for it then you have to go down the entrepreneurship route uh, because that's where you'll get real value for your creativity right right absolutely uh, it also meant uh, that i was free to take decisions at mm-hmm. that time that was something that was important to me that uh, i had seen a lot of corporate uh, boardrooms and discussions and lots of time spent on making powerpoint presentations to make a point right. rather than you know getting into brass tacks and actually doing the execution that would mm-hmm. come later sometimes it wouldn't come after doing two months of uh, ppt presentations and <laughs> i was like bro the something is off here and uh that right. is why when my the same friend who told me earlier ki teri gaad mein dam hai kya he told right. me that why don't you uh, so he was founding inside i am at that time and he was like why don't you join in uh to handle the the content side of the business while he builds the tech and the sales side of the business so okay. uh, i joined in and uh, yeah over the five years i think we built something interesting something unique uh got a chance to work with a lot of great brands got to actually the first assignment uh, together we did was a trial assignment where we were supposed to i was supposed to write a book for the company because they they had been commissioned by uh, aditya billa group to write a book and that was oh, wow. you only once which is hashtag yobo right, right uh so yeah yeah that, Sorry, that's interesting you, so, me to, no yeah. no no it's okay uh you want catch a glass of water or something <laughs> or should i ask no oh, yeah i am good i am good i'll want to wrap up in the next half an hour max so that's sure why. sure sure no no worry so okay so were you always like interested about the b school space like were you always like an enthusiast no. about this no not nothing nahi yaar no not really i i like the target audience okay i okay. like the age group with which i would be reaching uh, i would be talking to Uh, and i like that uh, while we would talk a lot about b schools we would also get to talk about other things like critical thinking like having a successful career like taking uh, you know disproportionate bets uh, also talking about working in the real world so working in startups working in the corporate world working in uh, you know creative organizations so getting to talk about those things creating content about those things was attractive the b schools bit was the storefront that's where you attract the user because that is their immediate concern but once right. they enter they would get a whole lot of other things that uh, they wouldn't express immediately that they need but those are far more valuable things so that's how we structured it in such a way that you know whether it is our text content or we have a fairly decent youtube channel also uh, the the gateway content <laughs> in right. that sense was you know कौन सा बी स्कूल जाना है और कैट एग्जाम क्रैक करने के लिए क्या करना है बट वंस दे आर इन एंड दैट वुड बी वंस अ वीक रेस्ट ऑफ द स्टफ वुड बी अबाउट दीस थिंग्स ओके दैट व्हाट डज अ ब्रांड मैनेजर एट एचयूएल डू यू नो एंड व्हाट इज द लाइफ लाइक इफ यू आर अ ब्रांड मैनेजर हाउ डू यू मेक अ डिसीजन अबाउट whether you want to go into consulting or in uh, or into whatever supply chain or whatever it is you know okay, so that content yeah very exciting yeah right so that that is content mostly for people who are already in b school right or also for people who to help them imagine kind of their future or like the kind of work yeah so the thing is that it starts with uh, th- that is the early adopter for us the b school student who takes up our content but then we have now expanded into engineering into finance into ias so we do a lot of content for engineering students as well now 
about the kind of careers they can have so whether it is product management or after doing an msc abroad what kind of uh, tech roles you can get in india and abroad those kinds of things we also do finance so we we've interviewed uh, you know senior cas who become cxos and understood their journey as well and so sure. that was the always that was always the intention that you know you slowly expand into other areas you start with a small area you ace it and then you expand into other areas because for us uh, mba was a good starting point because we both were mbas and we had seen that space very intimately but the that was never the be all and end all of it there was always the plan to expand it into other education areas all right and uh, how did you go about uh, raising the funding for this was it like self funded or did you have a financier or how did that work no we were just sales guys yaar we went Achha. and sold a lot of stuff we created an entire category called employer branding at that time where we said that okay uh, in the b schools of india the the demand supply situation is inverted while the rest of the country uh, there are a lot more people than the number of jobs available in b schools there are a lot of jobs chasing the same set of people in top okay. b schools in india it means that the companies wanted to stand out a unilever wanted to stand out a tata wanted to stand out a kpmg wanted to stand out right. it means that they had to do content interactions engagements recruitment processes etc etc and that's where we came in the book okay. that we did for adita billa group nobody had ever done a book before that we did a uh, we started something called uh, you know summer internship uh, uh, journeys so we would do we would actually go to say a mahindra's office and actually shoot the students working on the mahindra thar on how uh, they are going to launch the mahindra thar so we uh, it's like a gonzo journalism thing right. but yeah we would go and we would try, we would follow them doing interactions with potential customers understanding the car and uh, going for the training sessions and all those sorts of things so we created that content uh we started a career podcast with the with the tatas where we would go to their bombay house office and we would look we would interview uh people who've been in that company for 6 7 years and who can talk about how their careers have progressed after joining that company uh we created a game for example for aditya billa group whose only objective was to establish that it is not an indian company it has a lot of presence abroad so we created a travel game for them where every question was related the answer was a particular country and after you see the country you get a fact about what abg is doing over there right. so created a lot of stuff created competitions so for example ultratech's biggest problem was that every nobody wants to come and work for a cement company so how do you build a better uh, brand for ultratech on these campuses as a great recruiter to go work for so we mm-hmm. created a competition called build india where we positioned ultratech as something that helps build india because whether it is the bandra valley ceiling or the uh, stadiums or so many things that are built all over the country all of it requires ultratech cement so we created a competition where students had to come up with solutions within their cities to right. uh, uh, to very clear infrastructure problems and the winners were actually then taken to the governor of that city and their solution was presented to the governor so that kind of a uh, story creation we did so those kinds of things we've done and they've right. been successful uh, we've also worked with mica that was the other thing we worked with university brands to build their brands so right. we worked with bakuni university in italy we worked with uh, hong kong university we worked with mica xlri sure. those kinds of campuses right so was it like uh, you know we'll do anything to survive kind of strategy or was it like 
something you had planned ki acha these are the two the different uh, areas or sectors in which we want to target uh, you know clients etc ki jo mila wherever you had networks like existing networks right. you just capitalized on those see the thing is that uh, for a startup there can not be too many north star metrics for us the north star metric was just figuring out how to solve the user's problem which is the user at the core of it is the uh, student is the early career professional who doesn't have enough resources enough data enough understanding to take mature decisions about his career and that is what we wanted to focus on now that meant that we need to build a community and then figure out a way to monetize it so this was one way that we uh, monetized it then we tried several other things over the years so one of the things that we tried was online courses which are uh, asynchronous so recorded courses we had a uh, we had another sister website called conversations with a k conversations.com and we would right. host uh, all kinds of courses there uh, right. that sort of didn't work out because there were limitations in terms of how we were uh, the quality of that course and the kind of transformations we were able to give to the students so recently we started altuni.in which is essentially a cohort based course format so you will get a consultant a partner from bcg coming and teaching you consulting 101 you will get a product manager from uh, microsoft teams in prague and a product manager from uh, booking.com in amsterdam coming and teaching you product management so getting like really high quality people to take uh, uh, you know courses which give people immediate skills to apply and then we started right. tying up with recruiters there so because we had relationships with employer branding because of employer branding the recruiters would then say that okay if you uh, if you got such great guys teaching them then we will also come and teach some parts of the module and then we will roll out ppos for the best guys so okay. then the, we were able to complete that story so my essential point is that the revenue model has seen several uh, renditions over the years and i think that's that's how startups should work where they their their focus has to be on solving the users problem and they figure out multiple ways to make money whatever works right and you guys have also stuck together right in spite of all the challenges that you might have faced i mean we've not gotten into those over the years right. you and your co-founder have managed to stick together and build a team and you know that i've seen a lot of startups actually falter at that stage Yes. So, Aul, I just want to mention here that I have just left the company. Okay, two months ago. I don't know if you if you know this, but right, I right. have exited the business now. So. Okay. No. Sure. I, of I, course, I, you've I, done that now. Right. But like you, yeah. you did stick together for a decent amount of time, right? About four or five. I years. think the the key to sticking together, Raul, is that uh, there has to be a values match. There has right. to be a match in terms of. uh what matters to both of you and if the similar things matter uh, then it's fine not only in terms of you know how you want to run a business but what is it that you want from the business and right. uh, uh there is a lot of disconnect often in that because sometimes people uh, you know there are co-founding teams which uh, have different objectives from the business some some uh, want to build a, uh, an ipo over the startup one day some just want a great uh, acquisition to happen in a few years some just want to run a lifestyle business which always keeps giving them money every year to live a good life so there are different objectives and that objective has to match uh, about how you want to treat your clients your users your employees that objective that value has to match so there are a lot of things that a person should check for before uh, you know joining together and running a yeah. business because 
otherwise the business and the employees become the eventual victims sure 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 i mean that is actually a very this information is actually a very smooth transition into the next aspect of hmm. uh, this conversation as to so what are your plans now right what do you plan right. to achieve where are you going you know what, what what do you have in mind now for the future right so one of the things that you, that happens is uh, when you run a bootstrap startup is that you know you are the best talent there because you can't afford uh, to hire better talent right right uh you because you have ownership in the company uh, you compromise on the salary but if you want to hire great talent then you can't afford to pay them those kinds of salaries so mm-hmm. that is something that i want to correct for because i have realized that i want to go deeper into content i want to be uh, at the forefront of the variety of things that are happening in the content space so whether it is the metaverse or it is uh vr ar or web web 3.0 or all the amazing things that are happening in gaming and porn uh, there is a lot of uh, advancement in content that is happening within the edtech space also there is a lot of advancement happening the kind of stuff that lego is doing or epic games is doing is amazing so i want to work with those kinds of people who are at who the are cutting edge are better than me yeah the cutting edge essentially both in terms of people and both uh, in terms of technologies and formats that are being used and that's what i'm chasing now because at 35 the other thing that dawns upon you is that how long am i going to stay relevant base basis my education 10 11 years ago uh things are moving really fast people have very unstructured very different kinds of careers now and am i going to stay relevant for the rest of my career just doing and just knowing what i already know or what is it that i need to do to stay relevant and uh, keep finding space to tell my stories and that's where i am and uh, that's why i'm figuring out what does this mean in a more tangible way what are the companies uh, destinations uh, people that i really want to work with and i'm reaching out to them proactively and pitching myself doing a lot of uh, proactive work as well for them so that i can uh, you know take that next step in my career Rahul sorry there was one more part i think i wanted to cover about inside i am do you mind if i go back oh, and sure. cover that do that do that you can tack it on later on in the edit no, no no it's it's on it's on tell me yeah yeah so rahul one of the things i want to talk about and one of the skills that i developed at inside i am was uh, performative speaking so we have a youtube channel which does about 2.5 lakh uh, subscribers now does about 10 million views a year uh, and because of the youtube channel i got a chance to come in front of the camera more out of compulsion than anything else because you can't always afford the best hosts out there but it meant that i got to develop a new skill which is being in front of the camera and being the interviewer i think that we are in a phase where uh, you know virat kohli is also on instagram and uh, uh, shahrukh khan is also on instagram and they when they are at the peak of their powers there is the entire world that uh, witnesses them but when a brand manager is working in a, a cubicle in hindustan unilever there is nobody to see what right. kind of work they are doing even though they are do- some of them are doing some amazing work even in startups in their corporate jobs etc but they don't get that kind of attention right and to be able to create a youtube channel where they are given that one thing they are starved of in their career 
was very empowering because it meant that they were always ready to talk about themselves and tell take people through without any you know secrecy on how they go about uh, doing their jobs right and right. that has been very valuable for our students as well for our early career professionals as well we got some like 8 lakh views on one of our videos uh, where he talks about how his iit iim tag didn't help him do sales at zomato right Uh, he's one of the twelve, uh, one of the first twelve guys to work at Zomato, and he was telling us his story. So those kinds of amazing things happened. We went to, we we were doing uh, events at different hard rock cafes all across the country. Where we would we would call these guys and we would flip the idea of hard rock cafe, where you don't necessarily always need to be uh, listening to a, watching a music performance. You could also be listening to some of these guys talking about. their rockstar careers in that sense so right. that was also something that was uh, that helped me pick up a new skill get better at something it also helped me get over my own negative body image about being in front of people and uh, being chubby and you know not being attractive and all these ideas that i had about myself i, I was able to overcome those because i was in front of the camera and uh, i had to perform right very interesting so like tell me more about this uh, negative self image and you know this self uh, awareness and self improvement journey that um, i mean i'm sure you've been on now so right. how 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 did like you know how did your opinion of yourself change throughout these years that you've been on this journey so to speak yeah yes <laughs> it's a it's a very it's a deeper, heavy question yeah it's a deeper question uh, so i'll try to uh, do justice to it so one is this aspect which i talked about which is my own appearance the other right. is the belief in your own ability right so right. Uh, one is when i entered myka i used to write a fair bit in my college at nrc monji and you know uh, get published in college magazines and those kinds of things but when i came to myka i realized that everybody is from uh, you know top colleges and i met a lot of very creative very smart writers as well and i was intimidated so for the first one year at myka i just gave up on writing i stopped writing completely and i i have noticed that that's something that happens to me where i am where i'm surrounded right. by great people my first instinct is to just clamp up and right. uh, shut down that side of me and then focus on something else Right. Uh, but over time, I I was like, okay, I want to take up this challenge and see where I stand, and maybe not look at it as a competition, but more a a, a phase to learn. When you clamp up, it's not a, a sign of uh, it's not just a sign of lack of confidence. It's also a sign of uh, your ego playing uh, games with you, because you don't right. want to come out uh, second, and then you choose to not participate only. So. Right. uh it, it required myka required me to overcome a lot of that ego kind of stuff because you go to myka being a topper all your life and then you realize that okay everybody over there is more or less a topper in something or the other so that's not going to be a differentiator here you're going to have to do more things so and that has stayed throughout my career where i have felt uh, like a uh, what is that syndrome called there uh, uh imposter i've had an imposter syndrome yes right, so right, right. for the uh, for a large part of my career i have had this imposter syndrome and then i have been i used to be a confident kid and as the years have gone by i have become less and less confident about myself so every time i want to do something well i remind myself uh, to think of that confident kid and how he would go into a, into something because that's something that is uh, lacking today because right. of the surfeit of information that is available the kind of 
success porn that is available on instagram and on <laughs> linkedin yeah. it, it sort of gets intimidating and right. you have to overcome that and uh, take a more student kind of an approach a curiosity kind of an approach rather than having an approach of acing it and that uh, approach can be taken if you have a certain amount of quiet confidence in yourself that whatever it is you'll pick it up and you'll do a good job of it because you're a good guy and like you're competent and you have intelligence and you have critical understanding and you've got good education so you'll be able to pick up new things uh, in the rest of my of your career as well so right. writing is completely self taught for me right. producing shows and producing content videos everything is self taught hosting shows self taught these are not things that i learned in journalism school or any kind of uh, art school or anything of that sort right so that gave that gives me and continues to give me a lot of confidence that there are things that i will pick up and and uh, i will be able to rise to the occasion sure sure so sure. that so, has been the self talk essentially uh, as far as i am concerned then there are other aspects which is around leadership about handling a team and building relationships uh, with them and getting them to do the bloody work right sure and there also i have seen a a journey where early on i used to be a hesitant leader where i was not uh, mm-hmm. uh, keen on leading i was like i want to be the artist type who's uh, creating on his own i don't really want to work with people in teams to the mm-hmm. point where the last book that i wrote with inside i am was a uh, was a book written as a writers room book right there were five people working on it and there were four designers and uh, two editors on it apart wow. from five writers so to to be able to run that and that transformation has helped me because i realized that i am an extrovert i love building authentic relationships now how to translate those authentic relationships into functional uh, execution executing teams has been a challenge and that's what i've learned since cnbc to inside i am essentially right 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 now so i've seen this uh, pattern wherein you know people start out being very very sure of themselves like you know i'm sure hmm. when you entered mica you thought you were the shit right like you know yes. you know nobody can stop me abhi to hum pahunch gaye hain sahi jagah i so, literally literally listen to that song don't don't stop me now from queen <laughs> right exactly so that kind of image i think everybody starts out with like yes. you know like i'm the uh, whatever i'm the shit and then right. eventually each of those beliefs that you have which created which have built this mountain each of those beliefs are questioned and you know yes. you start losing confidence or parts of yourselves over the years and then eventually i think you reach a point wherein you said i i mean i can't be this shit right so you need you right. start questioning those new uh, things that you've developed about yourselves and then sort of you reach a middle point wherein you actually realize who you are so yes yes this journey did you go through as well like you know this whole sort of building of image then breaking it down and then a new image sort of comes out of this i am still still going through that raul i right. think one of the things that happens is that uh, you don't know what is core to you for example right? right what really there is so much stimulus all around you that you can't isolate yourself from all of it and really question yourself that bro what is it that really moves you okay who are you truly and what have you like for example i have i've gone through a phase where i questioned why uh, why is this creative outlet important for me why 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 does anything i do need to have a creative aspect to it why can't my career be free of that and maybe i'll have a better career a more remunerative career if i focused on the business side the numbers side 
the uh, right. the tangible side of it mm-hmm. uh, and then i have come to the realization that i will not last uh, in that because i don't know what it is but the creative side gives me a certain satisfaction that the rest of it doesn't and it made me realize that okay this is this is who i am then i have questioned whether i need to make as much money as you know every other mba types makes after 11 years uh, of work x and uh, do i do, do i need to stop comparing and really question what is the kind of lifestyle i want and what kind of money i require for that and maybe just focus on earning that much money and then focus on how what you want to do is going to be able to make you that much money and then you automatically put less pressure on your career to then deliver on multiple goals because you are trying to optimize for job satisfaction or creative satisfaction and you are trying to optimize for you know these future emis that you don't even know what they are going to be for so right, uh, right. yeah, so, so th- like- these kind of there are constant negotiations there is another negotiation where i constantly question am i uh, you know a, a finance guy as well or am i just a, a artist and am i good enough as an artist then to just be an artist so those things constantly keep happening and you keep negotiating and you you know the story of a career is only visible in hindsight you can look right. back and say that okay maine ye decision isliye liya tha and all of it was leading to this particular point but when the career is going on it's all like really subpar decisions taken on asymmetric information and you sort of somewhere get get by also your privilege your original privilege never leaves you it always helps you sure so kind of sure. networks you have the kind of people uh, the kind the way you look the kind of uh cities or areas you live in within those cities all of these privileges help you in invisible right. ways throughout your career right right no so there was this article i think it was a new yorker article or probably an economist hmm. article which said that you know we are being programmed into something called homo economicus wherein you know hmm. every we are basically worried about the small the transactional things that happen in our lives and like completely living our lives from an economics perspective microeconomic perspective so to speak. from a materialistic perspective from a materialist microeconomic yeah. perspective so yeah right. so do you, right. do you do you tend to agree with that that do you think your life is like somewhat becoming that way or has it become that way as a function of our environment or you think you've been able to break out of that you know one of the things that i am debating right now is that maybe we expect too many things from a career from from your work life and right. maybe you should expect fewer things from your work life maybe the work life is supposed to just pay the bills and for creative satisfaction and for uh, you know making this world a better place uh, career is not where you will find fulfillment so can you find a career which makes you money but gives you enough time to then uh, chase these other goals for the rest of your time that's one way to look at it right uh, i i don't think that everybody uh, is necessarily obsessed with materialistic things only or they become homo economicus in that sense but i do get that you know in a country like ours i will not grudge someone becoming a homo economicus because we are a poor country if someone right. is not being able to make ends meet and that is 95% of this country and 95% of our, of the students i have seen at inside i am i completely get why their first objective is to optimize for better salaries yeah. so that they can pay off that education loan they can look after their parents and they can maybe own some kind of real estate someday in their life so that they are economically secure so 
it's a it's a hierarchy of needs thing rather than anything okay. else uh, there uh, is just so much poverty that you want to first solve for that and then you will solve for all these higher order needs of feeling satisfaction and feeling uh, like you're doing something for the society and all those sorts of things sure 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 so right so i think we've covered a lot of ground today in terms of you know where you come from and where you're going now like parting thoughts basically let's uh, you know sort of distill it down to like the top 3 learnings that you've had mm. in your career not career but in your life you know so like if you had to impart like some gyan on your way out like what would that be the top 3 things uh, one thing is that uh, and funnily my the blogs that i used to write when i was traveling for those 6 months it was called bazigar because i was a shahrukh khan fan and my friend was like <laughs> wow. we should name it bazigar okay so okay. Uh, uh, taking bets is something that i i am a big fan of taking uh, bets uh, give you uh, give you disproportionate returns so being able to identify what kind of uh, bets are going to give you disproportionate returns not ke matlab main itna karunga to itna mil jayega we spend a lot of time if i may use marketing parlance we spend a lot of time in establishing point of parity we don't spend enough time establishing point of difference so that's right. something that uh, people should focus in their careers it's wild now the kind of things that matlab i did this 9 years ago the kind of things that you can do today and get noticed and get uh, you know show good numbers for the kind of thing that you've done is insane now and uh, you would be remiss if you don't take that kind of a uh, uh, you know path anymore in fact today being different is a point of parity it's not a point of difference also it's a point of parity you have to have spikes that nobody's seen before and you have to do unique things so that is one thing uh, take bets uh, the second thing is that you know uh, uh, have a core group uh, of uh, friends who are of high quality and i mean it in the most dispassionate way but uh, you are actually uh, greatness comes in batches right so if you are surrounded by friends who all love ganja you are going to be a ganja smoker only but if you are yeah. surrounded by friends who uh, want to build great businesses or write great film make great films or whatever it is because at the end of the day we do a lot of stuff to impress our peer group to be right. respected uh, by people around us so surround yourself with people who would respect the right things who would admire the right things and that will not only help you aspire for the right things and keep you focused on that but also it will build a great network of people who are together chasing something and there is a lot of connection a lot of empathy within those groups and i'm grateful that i have that that kind of uh, circle with me because then right. you are focused on you know doing well in life sure sure uh, and the third thing because you've asked me to name three things now that was think about it don't necessarily <laughs> no, no, have it it's okay it's okay but, we can uh, give it to these are quite like power packed in that sense but yeah if you can think of something then that'll be great uh they will be like give me a moment okay rahul give me a moment yeah yeah sure sure yes uh, the last thing i want to say is that uh, anything that you want to develop an interest in anything that you want to try for the first time even if you don't see the money that you'll be able to make from it even say 5 years later it's mm-hmm. fine 
at the beginning don't put the pressure of how to make money from it on it because that sort of shortens the uh, the the time that you will give to learn or pick it up and it will make you focus on something else than what you really wanted to focus on in the first place so uh, do things that are not remunerative do things that are very small at the beginning but you've done them really well there is merit in just doing small things and doing them well even if they're not going to make you money and i can assure you that most activities in this world you'll find a way to make money eventually so keep that aside when you're focusing on developing a skill or learning something new just focus on learning that and doing that several times over and then sure. figure out how to make money from it sure that's amazing so yeah that's i think all that we have for today i think you're also in a hurry to like you know go somewhere yes so thank you so much yaar for your time and for your amazing journey that you shared with us and i'm sure that the listeners are going to get a lot of uh, value from this thanks yaar great Once again thanks rahul thanks for having me and all the best on your podcast journey i hope uh, it does well and you find new people great people to talk to and you find an audience who finds this valuable cheers absolutely thanks a lot yaar and best of luck for your new venture slash journey as well Thank you. Thanks Thank all. Take care. Bye. Bye bye bye.